In summer, Hove Lagoon, a children's park and playground with two large boating ponds, a skate park and a children's paddling pool behind the seafront promenade, lined with gaily painted beach huts, would be teeming with people. Children, under the watchful eyes of mothers, grandparents, au pairs or nannies, would be playing on the roundabouts, slides and swings, or in the little pool, or sailing their toy boats on one of the two rectangular ponds that gave the place its name, and which they shared with learned dinghy sailors, windsurfers and wakeboarders. Many would be stuffing their faces with ice creams or sweets purchased from the big beach cafe, its utilitarian whitewashed walls, blue windows and steeply pitched roof belying its uber-cool cocktail bar and diner interior, the inspiration of its latest owner, big beat musician Norman Cook, a.k.a. Fatboy Slim. But in the gloom of this foul December Thursday afternoon, with cold rain pelting down and a strong gusting wind, the whole place was forlorn and cheerless. A solitary elderly lady in a see-through sou'wester walked a reluctant dog the size of a large rat on a lead attached to a harness. A group of workmen in fluorescent jackets, hard hats and ear defenders working overtime beneath floodlights were drilling open the path in front of the cafe. One, the foreman, stood away from the group, head bowed against the weather, holding up a tablet in a waterproof case, taking measurements and tapping them in. A cluster of cars and a van were parked nearby, as well as a noisy yellow mobile generator. As his drill bit broke through a fresh strip and he levered it out of the way, one workman suddenly shouted out in a foreign accent, Oh God, look! He turned anxiously towards the foreman. Wesley, look! Hearing his cry above the din of their machines, all the other workmen stopped too. The foreman stepped forward and peered down, and saw what looked to his untrained eye like a skeletal hand. "'Is it an animal?' asked the workman. "'Dunno,' the foreman said dubiously. Nor could he tell how old it was. It could have been their decades. But he couldn't think of any animal that had a paw or claw like this, except a monkey, possibly. It looked human he thought. He instructed all three men with the drills to concentrate on the immediate area around the hand and to be careful not to drill deeper than necessary. More chunks of the black asphalt were levered away and a skeletal arm appeared, attached to the hand by black tendrils of sinew, then part of a ribcage and what was, unmistakably, a human skull. Okay, the foreman said nervously. Everyone stop now. Uh, Go home, and we start again in the morning, if we are permitted. See you all at 8am. Wondering whether he should have stopped the men sooner, he went over to the van, opened the rear doors, then climbed in, rummaged around, and pulled out a tarpaulin. He laid it over the exposed parts of the skeleton, weighing it down with chunks of rubble. When he had finished, he unholstered his phone and dialed his boss to ask for instructions. They came back loud and clear. He ended the call then, as he'd been told, immediately dialed 999. When the operator answered, he asked for the police.